Good day, I'm Anne Dominic, and thank you for once again tuning into Anne on Influence. In this episode, we're in conversation with Lindy Lou Alexander, Brand and Marketing Head for Consumer and High Net Worth Division at Standard Bank. We chat about the power of enlisting experts when you have no clue, her love for the creativity of influence marketing and its evolution into becoming a staple for Standard Bank because of its efficacy and the ability to measure in-depth results and how influence marketing is used over the Black Friday and Cyber Monday periods to educate Standard Bank customers on responsible spending and cybersecurity. As always, a big thank you to The Salt, our sponsors, who are the first to market nano influencer channel in South Africa and part of South Africa's number one influencer marketing group, Infinity. Enjoy. This podcast series has been made possible through an exclusive sponsorship from SA's number one nano influencer platform, The Salt. Most brands have a communication line to the existing customers, but do not have a way to get them to have additional positive brand conversations. The Salt solves the problem by identifying brand fans and getting them to talk more about their positive brand experiences. The Salt have a database of over 230,000 registered brand fans and in-depth information on each to perfectly match an influencer to your brand. Reach out to them today and see what they can do for you. Hi, Lindy Lou. Thank you so much for making time for us today and for being on the show. Before we start our conversation, I would love for you to tell our viewers and our listeners a bit more about who you are and what your role as Banner Bank entails. Sure, Lindy Lou. So, um, Lindy Lou is a mother to one daughter. Um, being a single mom all my life, she's 18 years old. I'm a marketeer. I started my marketing career exactly 22 years ago at Unilever oh, um, in 2000. So yeah, I didn't realize until uh, until now. So I've been a marketeer for over 20 years um, and um, mainly in traditional marketing um, until I moved over to Vodacom, which was nine years ago. I was at Vodacom, Vodafone for five years, and I've been at Standard Bank for the last four years. Um, what I do currently, or how do I describe myself? Um, I am the marketing executive or the head of marketing that looks after the whole consumer portfolio um, for the last year, year and a half. Uh, but prior to that, in my tenure at the bank, I looked after B2B. So it was business, commercial and consumer for South Africa. Whereas now I look after all 16 consumer countries. Oh, wow. Um, for Standard Bank Group, yeah. That's so, a lot. Um, they executive. It's a lot, but it's great um, and it's easy when you have a very able and uh, um, competent team. So every True. country, yeah, has a competent team that understands the nuances, that understands their practice areas deeply. So I'm the orchestrator of it all essentially yeah yeah I love that yeah Mm. I love that because it's so true um there's no iron team and if you've got a good team you can move mountains right oh no like yeah we move mountains all the time (laughs) and it's very different you know from the southern region to west to the east region so from that perspective it's yeah um, like half the time, sometimes I'm like, when did the mountain move? You know, that, yeah. So um, <laughs> it was out the team. Yeah, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing. And so, and um, the, the bank through all the years has 
obviously invested in a lot in people. Um, so from that perspective, I've just come in. Like a lot of people in banking, I'm learning. So I've been here four years and that's an infant by their standards. People on average yeah. across the top four have been there 12 to 15 years. And I'm like, whoa. Sure, I understand that in a prior era, but I'm like, um, I generally change jobs every four to five years, which is what I've done. Yeah. And now because of the millennials and the, the alpha generation also coming up, and also digital. I'm like, guys, this is not in marketing. Your careers do not have to be so long. Um, so I challenge, I'm challenging the teams and saying, you know, things are pivoting and changing so quickly that I would expect, unless you evolving, you know, from just a country or a small segment to bigger countries and bigger markets and continents, um, that change is good because you've got to practice what you've done or go repeat your excellence on different categories and different portfolios. Um, so I'm a big proponent of change and like people need to change and shift around. Yeah, yeah. No, that's very true. I actually had this conversation with someone this morning, funny enough, talking about yeah. our different generations and how long they stay in jobs. And we were saying, yeah, we're from the generation like two to five years, that that's it. And then we kind of have learned the skills that we wanted to do, we're getting bored and then we want to, move on and do it in a different setting or learn more about something else and then we'll gather our skills there and, and hone the ones we've had and then we move on again. So it boggles my mind when you speak to like the older generations who literally stay in a job for, for their whole careers or two jobs and you go like, how, how do you do that? I, I don't understand. <laughs> no, I like also don't understand it. I'm like, like why? How? And they look at me like, What's wrong with you? Why? Why yeah. would you want to swap it? And, I'm like, and then you okay, get that, yeah. that old thing where they're like, oh, that job hopping on your CV. And you're like, no, not really. <laughs> Every time I've leveled really. up, it's fine. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, sure. But it's good, like, I mean, if you're saying that, because I think the more we share the stories, the more we make it normal. Because yeah. um, people only know what they know, hey? Um, yeah. And then in banking, because... Generally, engineers and CAs are like, no, people shouldn't job hop. And I'm like, actually, the practice called, the discipline called marketing yeah. is not like accounting that I'm like, guys, we need to change. Yes. And if people aren't changing, um, how, how do you know they, they're agile and they can form and pivot? And they're like, okay. And I'm like, okay. And the products, banking is banking is banking. <laughs> you know, we can't bring in new things, but I'm like, yeah. you need to go do cars, go do FMCG. Like service to product, yeah. So you've got to go, yeah, stress test it. That's oh, what I call it. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm completely on that board. Just like it's just literally getting new skills and learning your craft in different industries. It's so valuable. Um, also just for growth, yeah. right? So you also don't get bored. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's exactly you can't. I'm like, how many we've got a whole lifetime you must do change. So yeah, change change is my second name. So um, yeah, that. teams that don't enjoy it uh, find it a bit difficult. Uh, yeah. But actually, you know, once people have gone through it, they come back and say, "Oh, thank you. That actually was fun. I've learned so much from it." Yeah. So, oh no, I love that outlook on life. To be very honest. So today mm -hmm. we're obviously chatting about influence marketing. So mm -hmm. I am very curious to know when did you first encounter influence marketing in your professional career, the first time you actually ran a campaign, 
I want to know everything about it. What was it like? Um, what format did it take? Just yeah, just yeah. your experience in general. So yeah, my first encounter with influencer marketing um, was at Telco when I was at Vodacom. So it's probably 2012. And I'd say by that standard of influencer market, probably laggard. I'm a laggard in terms of exposure to it. Um, so I, I was at Vodacom, Vodacom South Africa, before I did the Vodacom continent job. And I was looking after the youth segment. Huh. And we built, um, we built a youth proposition called Vodacom Next Level, which is still, it's still the Vodacom youth proposition and was a DigiNative app. And that was my first exposure to digital and digital marketing. Um, and we didn't have sufficient budget at the time because we used a lot of it to build the app that was uh, a native app. And um, we worked with um, Deezer as a platform, music platform. And we're like, actually, how, how are we going to build a community around this? And then, you know, um, from my perspective, I knew about celebrities and bloggers and the conversation or the knowledge was not that big, but it was like, actually, you know what, we need a community of people that are going to buy into and test our app and build, um, you know, build the affinity around it. And that was the conversation um, in Telco. And you'd think Telco would be at the forefront of it then. But it was, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it wasn't. And and then we um, and, and, uh, we chose two celebrities. It was called celebrities, and they were celebrities by but by now standards they're macros. So yes. yeah, celebrities macros, and to come onto the platform and test it and recommend it to friends, um, which then went down to what we now call nanos. Um, then we worked with, I think, um, you know, obviously there's the salt, but it was um, webfluential at that stage, um, exclusively at that point in time. Um, and that made it much easier because they were able to help us also in the beginning, it's the infant, like just in terms of manage it and consolidate, you know, um, who we work with and just explain to us the gambit of, celebrities, what macros and micros are and what is more efficient and not. So that was my first experience. But and it was a first experience of trying to also sell something that's digital um, in terms of like buy your airtime and your stuff here, but aggregating um, information and using what was a music, a music platform, Deezer at that point, to say, actually, you know, people are streaming, learning how to stream. Let's also just build. So was matching two different platforms, essentially in one, and using macros at that time. And fortunately, it was only later on in our in like in our project phase that you know someone's like, ah, we're influential, can do this. And then you know you're like, yeah, help us. You're like, you don't know how to manage all these people, like all these contracts and what and like and then we didn't understand how to explain strategy then to them. And then this actually has to match what your brand values are. It was just like, oh, Anne is popular. So Anne must go and do it for us. So it was it was testing in a creative space, essentially. So yeah, so, so that was my first encounter, Anne, which was, was a hit and a miss. Um, and that was my transition from being a pure traditional marketeer 
to saying, actually, because I'm in a telco, we've got to launch something that's, you know, it's a platform and we need to get users on. And how else do you do? Take someone who's famous, because obviously people would like, they'll follow the fame. Um, and that didn't necessarily happen because <laughs> it wasn't a completely integrated plan. And I guess, you know, what we didn't know how to define then is credible. It's also about credibility. It's also about credibility and actually what's like what's in it for me. So, yeah, you're creating the consideration, yeah. but actually not looking at what's the conversion going to be, how we're going to take people down a funnel. So it really was essentially, I call it a hit and miss back in the day. Uh, but yeah, the awareness was great. Um, the team now, Vodacom Next Level, um, is a successful um, digital platform for the youth offering. So I believe they've done so six years later, six, seven years later, a phenomenal job. Um, but it's because they, obviously there's been partners and specialists that have actually come and have managed the whole process for marketeers who are actually, you're working with the teams, but you actually have have multiple objectives to to deliver to um, the stakeholders or board members. Um, yeah. So that was my first encounter and experience. And yeah. Uh, it's very interesting because I ask almost every guest that question just to see kind of where they started and how they felt about it then and how it's kind of changed. But most people say, I would say 99% of people say they started with macro influencers or celebrities. And that's completely yeah. makes sense because back then that's kind of what we knew as influence marketing or influencers. Everyone's yeah. like, it's these people who everyone knows and is super popular and now they're on these apps and people follow them. And it just yeah. wasn't as advanced as now, right? So but I'm very impressed that you actually went with Webflential at the time and not try to do yourself because you realized, you know what, leave it to them, they're the experts. Let let them do it. Yeah, I think also because I've been in marketing longer, I would say, um, I had experienced the value of consultants. And I'm going to call consultants and people and partners that actually, you know, because I've been in marketing for 10 years already. And, you know, like a lot of people use the Accentures or BCGs or whatever, even for strategy. Um, so if you've come because I've come through Unilever, Diageo, a national brands where um, actually partnering with people that know better or Peter, people that have more experience was the norm. So I was very quick, quickly to say, actually, teams, you don't have to scramble through it. Find people that know. Um, because also you, at the, I'm at the level where I, need, I know that I need to deliver to shareholders. And, you know, when they ask the tough questions, um, everyone speaks about the culture of failing forward. Um, but when you are reporting to a board, it's a very different, it's like, what did you do as best to ensure that you optimized and you were efficient and you had people in the team that knows best? Um, so perhaps, yeah, perhaps because I've had exposure of consultants in other territories, it was like, who do we find? Who knows? And go find them. Yeah, yeah. No, it's smart. It saves time, right? It's work smarter rather than harder. Like, I'm a big advocate for that. If you don't know how to do it, find an expert who, who knows how to do it. It'll make you shine. It'll make everything better. Um, and it will take less time. <laughs> it takes less time. It's like, actually, what's the North Star? We want to succeed at the quickest time and generally at the least cost impact. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. 
it's all about ROI, you know, at the end of the day. Exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. So, Lindy Lou, I'm interested to know, after your first experience, what was your feelings about influence marketing at that point, after you've done that campaign? Hashtag no filter. That's how this podcast is delivering real down-to-earth stories told by real people. For an influencer campaign that takes brand conversation to everyday real-life situations, go check out thesalt.co.za. They are the undisputed experts in real influencer marketing. Big creative. I'm a yellow by personalities. You know, there's red, orange, yellow. The insights discuss. So I'm a yellow. People say I'm a yellow uh, personality, which means um, very blue sky and very creative. I really loved it because Amazing. I like spaces, like creative spaces. And influence as a channel is is very agile and it's creative. So and it was very it was uncharted an uncharted territory which allows one to almost like also you know, write some of your own rules. Yeah. So I, I really loved it from that perspective because it was, yeah, you could play. <laughs> you I could play that. and no one knew the answer. Not, not everyone knew the answer then. So I really loved that though. Yeah. So like, yeah, I really, I mean, yeah, I, I used to say to people, I love my job. Like I probably have the best job. I'm like working on youth and like working on the edge of new channels and new spaces in marketing because, you know, like we all want to conquer something new. Of so um, it's really, it was, yeah, part of, part of the best experiences in my job in the last five, five to eight years. Yeah. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that. And that's a great segue into me asking you about your most recent campaigns because obviously yeah. we've now evolved. We know that, there's a space for macros and celebrities. I firmly believe that. But now yeah. we also have the era of micro and nano influencers. So I'm really yeah. interested for you to just tell us a bit more about your most recent campaigns. And I think for me, the first question is why influence marketing over and above other marketing channels you could have chosen? Sure, actually. So it's changed so much from just being fun and exploring um and previously where it was just it was a nice to have essentially to influencer marketing now being a very integral part of your marketing communications plan so the importance of driving community and having um influence speak so the change of the tactics have just become a part of what one must do so it's also because we now can measure it um, and you can measure the impact almost instantaneously. Um, it's become one of the strongest channels in our integrated marketing plan. Um, there's, there's also been and the evolution of like affiliate marketing. So which for banking or service brands is a big part of how we go to marketing. I mean, how we go to market. So um, it is not, it's not, uh, let's consider it. It is almost, you know, like what TV used to be back in the day, um, you know, like, and my TV team, my traditional team would almost hate me for it. When I say to them, actually now, influencer marketing has become, the, by my standard, almost the most important channel in the marketing mix um, because we, we have to have, we have to have it. And it's also, I mean, because we know how to monetize it, it's become center stage in every conversation. 
um, um, at least in our boardroom, in the banking boardroom. And it's purely because performance marketing, digital, and the disciplines of inter interactive digital marketing is so measurable. And like living in banking, but also outside of banking, because I've got colleagues and friends in FMCG, it's the tightest place to measure. And it's also almost instantaneous to see the sentiment and to see the conversion, um, depending obviously how deeply it's tagged and structured and if you do have a true e-commerce um, offering to sell, depending if you're just doing something above, um, like a top of funnel or below the funnel. So from that perspective, it's just, yeah, it's the most critical part. And there's, I mean, um, there's lots of things you can do like to test it. Like you can offer codes or discounts or which is, you know, a lot of the non-finance non people do that, but also we have also started testing it within finance. So like influencer markets have become what I call the a big good business sense decision because you can measure how it impacts the bottom line. So it is when teams don't recommend it, it's almost the taboo. I don't know how else to say that. I'm like, okay, team. That's so why. <laughs> um, yeah, why not? But like, actually, have you looked at, and we all know that um, nano influences are probably they're more credible, especially if you're speaking about the belly of the nation yeah. um, and the youth, and some people call it the mass market, um, but also I think at, at the affluent market, which we do a lot of work with, which is you people want um, authentic, credible endorsements. And not that macros are not credible, but you do them for scale. Yes. Um, and more recently, like now, um, it's November month, um, um, and we had human rights um, just recently, but November, we know Black Friday is the biggest month across the industry. But remember, banking is actually the bottom. We support everyone. So if you are doing FMCG, you've got to swipe a card. You've got to pay for it. So Black Friday is the biggest influencer month coming up, um, just in terms of making sure that the right card, or we also educate you just in terms of planning. Um, um, it's the biggest campaign coming up. Uh, but generally, right through the year, we do always on campaigns. But if it's promotional, more recently, Black Friday is the biggest one. I mean, one of the ones we love and always on campaign is with our UCount. We've got a rewards platform called UCount. And that is um, solely driven by influencer marketing. And we actually have three or four, um, I'm going to call it macros that we always work with. Um, but they are, they feel like the brand because their values and the brands are aligned and they, they bank with us and they can credibly um, drive content. And it's not always, I don't want to say it's not always not positive. They have honest conversations. Yeah. And because they've worked with us for so long, we allow them. So I'm going to use like Anele, like there's one of them. And to credibly say, like, you know what, I'm so frustrated, you know, as an, it will actually, or I was at Discam now and I could buy for my whole basket, but X, Y, Z, you know, my balance is not showing. And through that honest conversation, them knowing that, you know, she can be so honest and it's not branded where she's trying to hide it, where we have to, it's almost also accountability partner. You know, when you build such uh, like synergy um, with nanos and macros, 
um, you have that relationship with the value. So our rewards, our rewards always on program. We've got like three or four macros, but we use nanos right through the year because they've got to infuse where you can use your rewards instead of wasting money, instead of um, swiping with the right place so that you can get points, so that you don't have to spend. Um, and the big campaign now that will launch, the rewards campaign that will launch in, um, in, um, in the Black Friday week as well, will support the big Black Friday drive. So that is the biggest campaign now where we're reminding people that actually go out, start looking for the white goods and devices and remember that actually if you have so many rewards that actually you can contribute. So instead of you paying for it. Um, so that's the biggest uh, banking campaign that we have coming from Santa Bank right now in terms of it's November, just before festive season, gifting is use, use your points and use the rewards that you have. Um, yeah, to to gift um, or get um, gifts for your family and friends. Um, that, so that's the one that's um, top of mind. But we have many, and um, but the biggest ones, yeah, that a lot of um, a lot of online, like yeah, people give us lots of feedback um, in banking. Unlike other categories, people are not shy. Hey, we have lots of haters. <laughs> yes, I believe. <laughs> Yeah, we have lots of haters, but um, as as would be in, in life, there are lots of, we've got 10 million, 12 million people that love us and bank with us, but you will see the negative sentiment the most. Yeah. But that's so, completely yeah. all, and that's social media, right? Everyone goes to yeah. well. But you've yeah, said yeah. so many valuable things. Um, first of all, measurement. I'm so glad yeah. you brought that up because I think a lot of newbies that hasn't really tried influencer marketing are so scared that it's still vanity metrics. They come to us and they're like, oh, but you can't really measure. All you do is reach or OTS. And then we're like, no, 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 no. Actually, it's very sophisticated. Yeah. And you also brought up um, uh, performance marketing, which is so important these days, especially with Zucky and his algorithms. You yes. don't have a choice. But also the, the really good thing about it is that you can very acutely target who sees your messaging, which I really, really love. And then, oh, I love that you use influence marketing for always on and campaign driven. And I absolutely love, love, love that you not only match your nanos to be your customers and your values, but you do that with your macros as well. Um, I think a lot of brands miss the trick there. They just use the big names for scale, as we said earlier, and they're super good at that. But sometimes they miss out on that alignment just purely because they're like, oh, this is the new biggest name. Everyone's using them. We need to get on that bandwagon. And then I'm always yeah. like, oh, don't do that. And the fact that you're allowing your influencers to have honest conversations, whether it's good or bad, that credibility just skyrockets, right? Like you can't yeah. just have great things to say about even your best favorite brand there's going to be times where you're frustrated or something goes wrong like i sorry unfortunately i'm not with Stana bank <laughs> but, no, but um, i have to i have to squeeze in most people when they say that i'm like no on average in south africa everyone has three accounts so it's okay <laughs> yes, yes. B, and i've always been very happy with them and then i'll be very honest they went and they did this whole rebrand 
and they updated their app and their app used to be the most amazing thing. And I've had this conversation in my DMs with people where we're like, it wasn't broken. It was perfect. And all of a sudden there's so many glitches on the app that we're like very frustrated. And I, I wish there's more influencers that actually spoke about it just to say it's like, why isn't this working? When's it going to be fixed? Yeah. You know, because it is that like, credibility because I can, be frustrated today but tomorrow be super happy like it's just normal. yeah yeah and and i've got to be honest it wasn't we didn't sit and strategize and say actually let's continue and I, like with this macro that has gone and said horrible things oh. i remember like being in the meeting room because our app has always also been down oh. and it was like oh how could this macro like we've spent so much time with him and her, and how dare they? And I said, guys, and I remember having this brave conversation. I said, this person is deeply loyal, a Cenobank blue person. They are frustrated at the hairdresser right now. Yeah. And I don't remember, everyone was like, Lindy. And I said, no. And I remembered, I said, like, get someone there. And I'm like, yeah, get someone there now. Deliver, like, help them pay for the hair and actually this person's income is probably because they are a, a influencer they probably go i don't think they randomly went to do their hair but they probably have to be somewhere tonight or something so this is a big yeah. business opportunity for them and it was through like just an incident like that where they're like i'm like someone needs to drive to what well, was in ramberg and they went and they delivered flowers and helped pay for the bill. And in that 30, 45 minutes, we came back up. But the appreciation of the acknowledgement, and then we apologized that we really sorry we couldn't do this to all the customers. So we stumbled upon an essence of a learning that actually don't shy away from it and allow the truth to be the truth. Yep. And, and that's how it came about, eh? It wasn't a strategy that said, actually, it's okay. Like, we need the ends to be authentic and honest. Like, from a, I think from our comms reputation PR team, they were like, Lindy, are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) But it was through a moment like that where we like, actually, two or three of those moments, someone saying, I'm trying to pay for my baby's pampers. And like, guys, can you like rescue one or two people so that they can understand that, you know what, it was really outside of our control and IT technology things happen. Uh, but what we do need to do is be better is tell people in time. Yeah. Yeah. I do mm. think that's a really great point. People are still human. Number one. So are influencers yes. and celebrities. And I think secondly, it's very important that you have those open conversations if there are issues, not to try and shy away from it, lean into it. And I think you guys handled that amazingly. Like actually go over, help them, apologize to everyone and say like, we wish we could do this for every customer who's having issues right now. I'm pretty sure you gained a couple of fans right there. Just yeah. to go like, thanks for the transparency, right? It's not like you're going like, yeah. oh, we don't know what's happening. We'll let you know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, it could have got horribly wrong. It could have. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it could have. So, but there, there was a bit of measurement in terms of, oh, uh, would this I'm person sure. react 
yeah, yeah, but it could have gone horribly wrong, but it was also an honest gesture. Yes. And even if it did go, it's like was an honest gesture that actually we understand right now you're highly frustrated yeah. and your reach and your engagement as one of our, you know, influences is important. Yeah. And yeah, um, we need to try and at least lessen the pain. It was not going to take the pain away immediately because no. obviously instant service is what everyone wants now. But it was like to acknowledge that oh, we hear you and we understand and respect your and reach and the level of engagement you can. It counts yeah. a lot for consumers. It kind of humanizes the brand in a way where you're not just seeing this big cold brand that something's happened and you're very frustrated. It humanizes it a little bit. Just being like, we're sorry, we understand, we acknowledge it, we are working on it, let's help you. So I've got lots of respect for that. I think that was great. My yeah, yeah. question for Black Friday, because it's obviously turned into this massive thing in South Africa over the last couple of years. Um, for me, it's like, how do you stand out in the sea of messaging and barrage of things that people are seeing leading up to Black Friday now? So there is, and that's why I was saying to you, remember, we are the, the financial service provider versus now generally in terms of Black Friday, it's white goods, TVs, yes. radios, um, that's what um, people want to buy. Um, where the disappointment comes with is when people don't have sufficient funds. So yes. how do we stand out as a service provider enabling them to buy whatever their heart's desires are is by educating them and driving like the views and association of those products with our brand and okay. making sure that and obviously for black friday it's not about um, um new new clients it's not new acquisition yes. it's your current base but driving awareness of your usage rates and making sure that you understand what's available and then how to extend um, what you likely would have bought by using, as I spoke about, your rewards. So it's very, very, like it's very internal because it's all against your current base, um, essentially. So the visibility of making sure that actually if you swipe with this card, you can get 10% discount. Or if you swipe with this, plus you use your, your, your awareness of what your points are. So it's more, it's a bigger, it's a, it's a top of funnel job versus below the funnel. Once people are within and purchasing, that's when you can drive, you know, deeper conversion saying, actually, if you go to Hershey's, as example, Hershey's is one of our partners and we have a bigger discounts there versus like if you could have saved X, Y, Z with Hershey's and therefore, you know, you're driving people to Hershey's. So it's awareness versus because in this instance, the Black Friday, like passion, is about goodies. Yeah. And um, we are not the goodie seller, but we are the enabler thereof. Don't go out and say, yeah, swipe, swipe, just swipe with your, your blue card, you know? Um, it's about making sure that you use your blue card responsibly and it's driving the visibility of the discounts and visibility of how you can optimize and plan, um, plan for it better 
um, rather than saying it's conversion because you have to have a card um, yes. for you to be able to purchase it. Obviously, if there are people over, because it's the Black Friday and then Cyber Monday as yeah. well, which is all online. Um, so therefore, there you're driving um, the awareness and safety, security of internet purchases and not being able to link. So it's quite a, it's a sales driven, but it's also quite a responsible um, education about cyber and cyber risk and safety at the same time. Um, yeah, but from a banking perspective, industry-wise, it's I call it the other mini Christmas. You know, Christmas is a lot of retail loves Christmas, and retail also loves Black Friday. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Thank you so much. This brings us to the end of our conversation. But before we go, is there maybe your top three tips or learnings that you can impart wisdom on to people who are entering into influence marketing? Sure. Um, top three learnings. Uh, when you are generating content, generate relevant content with a purpose and impact um, and make sure that it's got good old storytelling because it's about entertainment. Uh, make sure that you are creating connections um, because you are influencing the purchase decisions. So make sure that um, if you are creating, you are creating good connections uh, that are the foundation for retention as well, so that it's not just fr frivolous. My biggest thing is actually we all want to be entertained. So storytelling. So take people on the journey via the influences and make sure there's the perfect match and uh, make sure that the influences highlight or amplify the brand's values and uh, and can be positioned as experts because they are the new TV adverts um, and make sure that there's a perfect match and I, the word perfect match between them and the product that they're selling else it's not going to be authentic. I think those so, are brilliant tips and brilliant learnings um, and everyone should take note because that is the crux of influencer marketing. If you do that, you should be successful. <laughs> so thanks awesome. again for joining and making time for us today. I really, really appreciate it. But I'm sure we'll chat again soon. Oh, fantastic. Thanks, Anne. Check thanks soon. so much, Lindy Lou. Have a fantastic evening. You too. Cheers. Bye. This podcast series has been made possible by The Salt, the influencer company that turns influence into affluence. In the same way that information is presented in this podcast in a relatable and authentic way, The Salt gets your customers to tell their real brand stories to their community. Go to thesalt.co.za to learn more about how The Salt can help you grow your business.